Hi, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Joshua Shale, and I am a management consultant with GCE Strategic Consulting. And I'm here to talk a little bit about uh, driving accountability. Um, and we're going to start that by taking a look at uh, some balances and some ways of uh, looking at uh, accountabilities. And then eventually we'll get into measuring them. So let's get underway. So the overview for my presentation today, um, this is going to be one of four presentations. The first, this is going to be fairly simple. The first is <clears throat> we're going to talk about authority and responsibility uh, because those two things really are uh, how we develop a balance that gets us to accountability. And we're going to talk about measuring and driving uh, to accountability. And then we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, about that a balance of authority and responsibility and how when we bring that together with accountability, uh, we're really setting ourselves up to execute and to get results. So um, there is a great quote by uh, Peter Drucker. For those who don't know, Peter Drucker is probably the father of, of modern uh, business management. And he says that there is to be a balance between responsibility and authority. So assuming responsibility and claiming authority. Uh, and what Peter Drucker was saying is those two things need to be in equal measures. They need to be the two different sides of the same coin. And makes sense when you think about it. It doesn't take a huge leap to say that if I'm going to assume the responsibility for something, that means that I'm going to have to claim the authority. And, but um, we'd be amazed at how often those two things can be out of balance. Uh, so when we see that, um, we're going to take a look at, at, at that balance a little bit. So the first is where we have the balances tipped in one way. It's a little bit of a fancier scale. And when we have authority and no responsibility, well, that's tyranny. Uh, that's, that was Peter Drucker's line. So, let, so let's think about that. When, when the authority is centralized in one area, but they're not actually responsible for something, um, let's, let's think about what that actually does there may be a less of an understanding as to what's going on because they don't really, there's responsibility isn't there, but the authority is. The connection uh, between the people who are involved with executing is probably going to be dissipated or less effective because there's that concentration of authority without actually having that responsibility. And we're also going to only be focusing on the on on the high parts of the mission and not on the execution. And so, when their authority is is there and concentrated without the responsibility, that disconnect really really happens. It's it can be quite profound. And tyranny and a tyrant. I mean, that sounds like a pretty harsh thing, <clears throat> but I think that it's apropos. Um, there's that lack of being in touch. There's that lack of empathy. 
there's that lack of uh, emotional intelligence. And so that is clearly not the way that we want to go by concentrating too much authority in an area and having that total lack of responsibility. So let's think about the other balance. Now, this is a little bit more of a, a, jank, a, a, a more disjointed looking scale. And responsibility without authority is servitude. So if we concentrate the responsibility for things, be it for execution, uh, be it for um, uh, you, you know the day-to-day the, the -day or the hour-by-hour -hour, um, blocking and tackling of the business, without any authority, um, we've, re we've really gotten into a difficult situation. The vast majority of workers are knowledge workers in our businesses today. And if we don't give them authority to do things in the way that they think they should be done or the best way that they think that they can get it done, um, they don't have the authority to make changes. They don't have the authority to think about it from a different way, uh, but they are holding all of the responsibility. That is really a, a, a very difficult situation to be in. We've probably all heard the story about Japanese automobile manufacturers. And so they had on the assembly line, a certain number of, of, of units had to be uh, gone through the assembly line every hour. So they had the responsibility to do that. But while one of the innovations that they had was that each person on the assembly line had access to a cord and they could pull the cord to stop the assembly line. And that empowered them to do something in case they saw that something was wrong in the assembly process. And so they were given, still had the responsibility to go and, uh, and to continue to be productive, but they were also given the authority, which empowered them. So when we have that responsibility without the authority, we're really going to get into a difficult situation. So what happens when our people are in this servitude mindset? Well, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to become less mindful. So they're going to be less innovative. They're going to think of fewer ways to do things in a bigger, better, brighter way. The second thing that's going to begin to happen is their morale. Um, servitude's not healthy for people. It's not good for people mentally or otherwise. And when we put people into that situation, their productivity, their ability to execute on the responsibility is naturally going to get lower and lower and worse and worse. So we've talked a little bit about uh, authority and responsibility. And we've talked about how having all the authority with no responsibility, that can lead to more tyrannical type behavior and disjointedness. And we've talked about uh, having the responsibility but no authority around it. Uh, we've talked about how that makes somebody, puts people into more of a, of a, of a servile um, mentality, which is also not good. So, <clears throat> Why did we go off into this discussion of authority and responsibility? I know uh, the, the attendees here are looking to, to, to learn about accountability. Well, the thing of it is, when we can balance authority and responsibility, that is the prerequisite to even start with accountability. We can't have 
people, we can't have accountability without those two things. And this is true for all levels and all areas of the business. Uh, from, from ownership and executive leadership, they need to have the authority, they've given the responsibility to do certain, to, to, to perform to certain standards, but they have the authority to go and to do that, then we, they can be accountable. All the way down to, um, to, to the front lines of our organizations. Uh, if you think of a delivery driver, if they know that they have a responsibility to deliver things on time and, and, and in a correct way, and they have the authority to change the route in case they reach traffic or something like that, then they have the ability to actually complete their tasks and what they're looking to do. And they are favorable with being held accountable for it. So let's talk briefly about what it is to be held accountable. If we're held accountable and we have the responsibility and not the authority, then we don't have any control over our, over our future and what it is we're doing. We get to that servitude. If we have accountability, but we have all the authority and no responsibility to act or react, then we've got that concentration and that's going to lead to that, to that, Drucker calls it the tyranny. So the prerequisite before we can even really talk about accountability is to really very carefully and deeply look at that balance between authority and responsibility. So that brings us to a quick piece of homework. I'd like everybody to go through their business and look for examples of tyranny and examples of servitude. Now, for the imbalance yet, we're just gonna look, where do our people feel like there is a tyranny? Most likely that will be in leadership. Where do we see symptoms of people who feel that they are uh, in servitude, that they, that they have lost their, their, their sort of individuality and their personal freedom? Let's, let's look at those places. So, so how, do we, how do we look for those in our companies? Employee surveys is a good place to do it. Um, you don't come right out and ask, hey, give me examples of tyranny and servitude. You have to ask open-ended and leading questions. That's a really good way to, to do, to, to, to try to find these. Um, look at employee reviews. If we, and, and not just the results of them, but do we even have employee re reviews? Do we give people the authority to be able to respond of how they feel in their job and how they fit in it? Um, or do we just say, we don't need to have reviews here. Here's what you're responsible for doing and you're here to execute it. Well, that response sounds quite tyrannical. So the idea is to let's start looking for places where we see examples of both tyranny and servitude. And quite frankly, I think that we should probably start with ourselves. You know, as business leaders, Sometimes it's easy for us. We see the picture so clearly. We know what the outcomes should be. And we can know it so well that perhaps we can sometimes just become somewhat tyrannical. As business leaders, sometimes we are so motivated to get 
<clears throat> the results that are expected of us, that we will be willing to take on more of the burden than we than we really are uh, have than, than we really should. And in that case, are we not getting ourselves into a situation where we're experiencing servitude? So I would really encourage, look for the examples of tyranny and servitude. Once you've got them, then start taking a look at the balance between uh, authority and responsibility. But use that balance as a way of understanding tyranny and servitude. What's a, what's a good example you've seen in some of the businesses you work with on that that shows up? You know, um, oftentimes I've seen the CEOs, you know, pile a bunch on to their employees. And, you know, they, they might task overload them, but not really give them a say, right? And then they don't get the results they want, but yet they're still disappointed that the person isn't accountable. How does that, how, how does that translate? Is that, is that tyranny? So I, I, let, let, me, let me give you a little bit of a, of a very common example. <clears throat> We've all seen this. Okay. Um, we, have, we have somebody who has the authority, doesn't have a whole lot of responsibility. Right. And what they say is, you know what we need? We need a process. I'm going to take your job and make it into a paint by numbers or a series of paint by numbers instructions. Yeah. And, and you will execute these processes exactly as they are laid out. Uh, and that's the way it's going to be. That's the tyrannical side. When that happens, we've all seen it. When the people are given these very rigid processes that they are to follow no matter what, the first time they encounter a situation that's out slightly outside of the process, right? This paint by numbers process, they sit down. I can't do it. I don't have the instructions for it. Therefore, I won't do it. So that's a good example of how we get tyranny. You will follow the process and you will do it exactly. And servitude. I don't understand. Uh, I'm not bought in. You're trying to make me into a robot. So therefore. I will find the first opportunity to just slow the thing, to slow the thing down uh, and to not follow the process because what's in front of me is slightly out of scope. That's very dysfunctional. And we see that because again, we have that concentration of authority and then we have that concentration of responsibility, but they're not equally measured. Right? <clears throat> so. It's the individual that needs to have the balance, not the organization. Okay. Uh, how do you get that balance or is that what you're getting to? So accountability is going to be the first big part. Okay. And, and um, so we'll talk a little bit about that in our next section, um, which let's, we should get into right now. We're going to get that balance and we're going to put it in place with measures and clarity. And we'll get to what measures mean in a little bit, but let's dive into it uh, at, 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 the, at the stop. There, we'll get into in subsequent, uh, subsequent discussions, really what measures mean and best practices around measures. But for now, let's just keep it very uh, high level and let's talk uh, you know, the measures themselves. 
really have to be very clear, very easy to quantify, and where possible, they really need to be numbers. So why, why, why is that? Numbers don't lie. They are or they aren't. Numbers lend themselves to targets. So did we meet the measure? Did we not meet the measure? Right. Did we exceed the measure? Um, that's another very important thing about measures. A third thing that's very important is when we have numbers, we can analyze them. So it's not just our, is our output, our measure is output. Is our output staying steady? Well, that tells us something. Is our output slowly going up over time? That tells us something very important. Are, are our output going down slowly over time? Those three things, you may not see it from the measure from one week and then taking a look at that measure again the next week, but by taking a look at the numbers, the measures over time and analyzing them, we can begin to diagnose opportunities for improvement. We can begin to understand underlying root causes of things. And so having the clarity around the measures and measuring them with numbers where possible is really, really important. We'll talk in, in, in another session about some of the best practices around these measures, be it KPIs or OKRs. We'll get into that later. Uh, but clarity is extremely, extremely important. Uh, and, and, and numbers are important. Let me go back to clarity and making sure that the, that the measures are clear. This does a few things. The first is if the measures are clear, it's really easy to see whether we are hitting our measures or not hitting our measures. The other thing is when our measures are very clear, it's relatively simple to go and actually see what the results of our measures are and compare them to the target because it's not complicated. If your measures require a fair amount of spreadsheet work or math or multivariate regression analysis, we've done it wrong because then they're not clear. The third thing about clarity, which is really, really important, is we want the person who is being measured, we want the department that's being measured, the fu business functional area that's being measured to have that clarity so that they have the chance to be, have the balance between between the between the two. Right. So that's what accountability is really important when it comes to the measures. Okay. Going back to clarity. When that person has the accountability, if that accountability is laid upon them, they really need to know the numbers say what is being measured. But there are two other things which are really, really important. One is how is this being measured? Is it coming out of a system? Is it, uh, is it something that a colleague comes up with? Is it something which is uh, electronically measured? If it's a quality metric, is it something where there, where there is a QC process around it? If it's a financial metric, is it uh, a financial measure? Is it something that's just coming out of an ERP or accounting package? And also, surprisingly often when we're looking at measures, if we don't really know how it's being measured, we might actually be measuring it incorrectly. And that can lead to a lots of problems. So really understanding the person who, who, who owns the measure, 
really needs to be clear on how that is indeed being measured. And then the most important, well, one of the most important is the why. Why are we measuring this? Why does this matter? Um, and if they can use this to see, I understand upstream from me what matters there, and I understand their measures, and I can look and see downstream from me what is being measured and why that matters. Now, as the person who owns this accountability, I have a better sense of how the organization is working, how it's structured and why the outputs of people upstream and why my outputs going downstream help my business area, my business unit, my functional area to be successful within the, the ecosystem of the, of the business. So accountability hinges on that really clean factor of clarity and making it simple and making everybody absolutely clear and understanding what is actually being measured, why it's being measured and how we're doing the measurement. And then the measures themselves, be clear, be numbers uh, where possible. Um, small aside, sometimes numbers, can be to me impossible. So maybe we can try a green, yellow, red. The secret to green, yellow, red, they're actually numbers. It's a three, a two, or a one. And so that can also help us. Good. How often do you find that's missing with companies in just tying that together between the top down and offering that clarity? I think that it happens um, a surprising amount. And here are some of the, where, where it gets a little bit disjointed. In general, tyranny exists more often at the, at the, the senior executive level of companies, not always, but in general, and servitude is concentrated at the front lines. So when we have that, we don't have the balance and we don't have that clarity up and down the chain on why, what's being measured, why, and how it's being measured. We can have the measurements, the accountabilities up at the senior leadership level, which are, which are all being measured and they're all being driven towards, but they're disjointed from the ones at the, at the front line of the company. And when we have that, 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 when they are not accretive to each other, that is the, the senior leadership metrics can't be broken down into their component parts, which are now measured down at the uh, on the front line. When we have that that incongruity, then that's going to push more and more towards the imbalance. That's going to push more towards the tyranny. Okay. The executive team says my numbers aren't the way they should be, and it's it's the front line's fault and it's their problem. And then the front line says, senior leadership, I, there's nothing that I can do to make them happy. They're always not pleased with the measures, even though it appears that I'm hitting my post on everything that I'm doing. I, I, I hit my measures every, every week, every month, but they're still, we're still not making it as a company. That's where you get the disjointing because you need to have the clarity and it needs to be accretive. We'll talk about accretive measures quite a bit in a subsequent talk. Okay. Let's move on and let's talk a little bit about execution. So we've talked about authority and responsibility and the balance. 
We've talked about uh, how they come together and they are a prerequisite for accountability. But what happens when we bring authority, responsibility, and accountability all together? They're all aligned. Well, we get execution. We get execution in our senior leadership, their balance between their authority and responsibility, and now they have clear measures uh, that, they, that they can help to manage themselves and the business by. And our frontline has clear authority. If they, when they have a clear balance of authority and responsibility, we can have their accountability, their measures and what they're responsible for have that clarity and can be, and can be quantified. Then all aspects of the business are going to be able to execute. So what's the first step in that equation? It's give the authority, give the authority to people to be able to uh, do better, to be able to innovate, to be able to come up with new ideas, to be able to um, try new things. Quite frankly, give them the authority to make a mistake from time to time. It's not gonna be the end of the world. And for every mistake, I promise that there, that there is a great opportunity for good outcomes later on. So be sure to give the authority. And what I want people to think about when they are looking at something, they say, I, am I willing to give this person authority on it? There's a very simple question. And that's this, do we want to get the job done or do we want it done the way I would do it? And that's a really interesting balance. Because if we say, I want it to be done in the best way that it can be done, then we are naturally thinking about giving somebody the equal measure of authority with responsibility. And now we can also put layer on that accountability and we can expect them to execute. When you give the authority, Joshua, what does that look like? Like I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, they're, they're they just, they, 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 I think a lot of owners think that they they've given their employees authority, but how is to make sure that that is clear? What's a good way? What are some good rules? So there there's there's a num there's a number of things to this. Okay. The, the first is open and honest uh, and maybe even vulnerable communication. Okay. We need to be able to ask our people, do you truly understand what's going on? Do you need, do, do, you, do you understand how important your role is and what you're doing in this organization? Do you understand how it impacts people upstream from you? Do you understand how it impacts people downstream from you? That's, that's in the processes of running businesses. Do, you, do they truly understand that? And then that's not a yes, no question. I mean, it is the way I framed it, but get them to talk. Get right. them to, to, to demonstrate that they truly have an appreciation for the other aspects of the business that are impacted by them. Right. The second thing is to be sure to let people know that you are there to help them. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. And that you are, you are, we are here to guide and help and support. And in return for that, we need them to have the authority to own it, to be able to, 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 move, to move forward. Okay. Let's go back to that, do you want it done the way you would do it? 
when we say we can often, when we're in senior leadership is often really able to very clearly picture how execution should be done, how a, how a task, a job, a role, how it, it should be done. It's very clear. And if we are more concerned about it being done the way we would do it, we're shifting that authority and responsibility balance. And we are putting ourselves as the tyrants because we see how to do it and you will do it the way that I have, that I have dictated. And then we're putting the people that, that we're working with in the servitude. And it's don't think, don't innovate, don't ask questions, just do. And so that gets out of balance. So really seriously ask yourself that question. I cannot overstate it. Which is more important? Is it that it is done and done to the best, to the best effect for the company? Or is it more important that it's done the way that I would do it? Right. Okay. Okay. So let's move on. <clears throat> so again, authority plus responsibility plus accountability equals execution. So before we were giving the authority, now we're going to define the responsibility. This comes back to that clarity concept. So if the responsibility is be awesome at everything all the time, that doesn't mean anything. And that's not a definition of the responsibility. Uh, if it is, uh, I use the example of, of, uh, of supply chain and delivery. If the responsibility is make sure that all the deliveries are done uh, on time to the, right, to the right place where it's supposed to be delivered. And you know what? If you can try to do something which, which reflects our, our, the, the values of the company and give somebody a smile, make them feel good, make them happy that they're doing business with us. Right. Um, that's a little bit more of the definition of responsibility. The better defined it is, the better the, the ability they have to understand that, that responsibility that they have. And so we really have to understand what it is that I own. What is this responsibility that I have? How does it complement what other what other people have and their responsibilities. So I want people to really understand what it is for them, what are understand what it means for their colleagues, their coworkers, their stakeholders, their partners, their customers, for the others that own their responsibilities. And how is this advancing us towards the mission? Uh, we, Peter Drucker, again, if you read his books, concentrates on the mission uh, all, all the time. It's what are we in business to be doing here? So if they understand what their responsibility is, they understand it at a personal level, they understand it as, as, as it relates to the people around them, and then they understand it as it relates to the mission of the business. Then people will have a lot, a lot better of a, uh, of a sense of, of the responsibility. So, um, sorry about that, audio issues. Um, so having, having that responsibility, uh, if, they can, if they 
see its impact to themselves, the people around them, and to the company itself, they will naturally take that responsibility much more seriously, and it will become something that they can take pride in. Right. Uh, by understanding that responsibility, they can now understand and want to own those numbers because you know they have some authority, they understand their responsibility, they will they will rise to the occasion of being able to meet their accountabilities, to meet their measures and to exceed them. Right. So let's talk about the third variable in the equation and that's accountability. So we're going to measure that. There is a reason that I used the word measures earlier in the discussion, uh, as opposed to KPIs or scorecards or OKRs or things like that. But what we want is we really, we want to measure them. And some really useful ways of doing it, I'm gonna put it out there, are, are uh, KPIs and OKRs. We'll get into those in exhaustive detail later. But again, those things that are that are measured, they are no longer arbitrary. They have values associated with them. They are purely quantitative, and they uh, we can examine them over time as they change. Let's talk a little bit about quantitative. The measure quantitative very important, but how does that relate to things like authority and responsibility? Well, those are fairly qualitative. So this little equation here, authority plus responsibility, those are qualitative, plus accountability, quantitative, equals execution. So the nice thing about the way of looking at, at, at accountability in this way to drive the execution is we're having some qualitative elements, we're having some quantitative elements, we're having some elements where people buy into what it is that they're doing, that they rise to the occasion and they rise to the expectation because they have that equal measures of authority and responsibility, means that we're going to take the accountabilities, we're going to take people's KPIs, we're going to take their OKRs, and we're going to change them from being a burden that they have to be met, or I'm going to get written up, or I'm going to have a bad quarterly review or I'm not going to get a bonus, which is a servile way of thinking of things, but it changes it to, I own this number. I own this aspect of this organization. I own the results of this area in, in the business. And I can be, I can be accounted, I can be counted on to do that. And I will exceed expectations and I will be able to execute. Okay. Okay, let's move on to the next homework uh, assignment. There are a couple here. Okay. So think, what are five or 10 measures? Just pull the ones. We all are looking at, at, at measures all the time. Let's just, just pull them out and, uh, and let's take a look at them. Um, are they arbitrary? Are they easy to, to, to calculate? Do they... Are they vanity? Are they measures which help us to predict the future? Are they measures that help us to understand what has happened? But really get in and take a look at your top five or 10 and, and, and get to understand them. 
we often look at our measures week in, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, quarter in, quarter out. But we begin, sometimes can begin to lose sight of what they are and what it is they're actually measuring. Next, how are we doing that measurement? Um, is it, um, uh, the, one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of, of uh, green, yellow, red is that's a little bit of subjectivity in it. But how are we doing the measures? Is it something which is absolutely quantifiable? Is it a system that we absolutely trust? Um, and uh, really get in and 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 think about um, how we're measuring them and what and what the measures are. And from the how and the what, let's begin to abstract into the why are we measuring these things? Why do they matter? Why are they going to help us to make this business better tomorrow, better next week, next quarter, next year? Okay, so that's the end of uh, this first section. So I would love to you know have any dialogue or enter any questions or to or or to 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 open it up a bit. Yeah, so so you talk about five to ten measures, and you're going to get into KPIs and all that later, correct? Yes, correct. So the five, the five to ten uh, for the homework is is re is really a simple thing. Right. It's it's let's not try to do all of the measures all at once. Okay. Let's and I'm sure that that the audience that the, the five or ten will be the ones that they use the most. So that's fine. Let's let's start with those. You let's start just at the leadership level or the high level from a business perspective. Here are my most important for my business. Not. Is that correct? I, you, we, we can start with this. Remember, this is a homework. And what yeah. we're looking at is we're looking at what we've discussed and we're trying to apply that to our world, our specific world. So uh, it could be the 10, it could be the five most important measures for the company. It could be the five or 10 measures that we have in, in, a, uh, in, in, in a department. It doesn't really matter because again, we wanna take a look at these measures because we're going to be taking a look at, uh, at how we're doing for execution. And as we know from, from the earlier piece, uh, it's, it's, uh, we know we, we, have, we have the equation. I'm gonna go back to it. Right. And that's, we, we, by looking at our measures and what it is we're measuring and how, we can begin to start to understand our organization and, and the different levels within it in the terms of authority, responsibility, and accountability. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, when you, you, you talk some about some of the things that you see when you have tyranny in the organization, mm -hmm. what's it take as a CEO when I see some of those things taking place across my organization? I know it's me, and I can imagine that's not an easy fix. Right. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times you try to control and dictate, thinking that, you know, it, it will lead to the anticipated outcomes or results, which in a lot of times are actually creating an uh, organization on a stack of cards, per se. Right. You're not really creating an organization that you can you can drive results for people. What is the best way to work on that and and change that in, in myself, per se? 
Okay, so let let's look at let's look at two examples. One is I, I am I am the business owner, and I suspect that I'm beginning to see it in, in myself. So the the that is the the first step. I suspect that it may be in myself. That that having that realization and that ability to think about it is is the really really key first step. Okay. The next is let me let me look at the the areas where I, where I think that I may be being tyrannical. Let's look at the let's look at the balance uh, between um, between authority and responsibility from where I am as the potential tyrant. Let's take a look at that authority responsibility balance for the people who are feeling that who are feeling my tyrannical nature and let's right. let's let's really understand that then and it's not simple and it's not a light switch it's not going to happen over overnight it's going to take some time and i'll give you some practical advice in a moment but we need to get that balance in place so if i'm holding all of the authority and delegating out all the responsibility some dialogue is really important. And that is, how can I empower you to be able to handle this responsibility more effectively? Right. So what that really means is, how can I cede some of my authority? How can I help you? That means, how can I take some of the responsibility as well? So getting to that balance. Right. A, very, a practical thing, which is really, really important is this and um it's can be difficult for owners to do but coaching can be critically important okay having somebody who's confidential who's not in your business is slightly outside and it could be a business coach or it could be a mentor or things like that have that discussion with them help get some guidance and get some notes that can be really very useful the other is have peers uh, outside of your 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 organization, have other business owners talk with them, right? See, if, see what their experiences have been. Um, have explain it to them and and give them the idea of the balance and and help. Just ask them from what you know of me, from what we're doing. How do you think I'm doing on that? And yeah. then the third thing, and that same idea of community. If you can think that that you see other people in your community that may be struggling with it, talk to them. Yeah. Say, I would love to help you to give up some of that authority and accept some of that responsibility so that you are more in balance and all the people in your organization we can be more in balance. Yeah. So that's a really major, that's a really major part to this. And it's great to be part of a community that 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 such as the one that we're addressing here, right. because it can be very lonely to be the business owner, the CEO, the one that everybody looks up to. And right. having that peer group is going to be a really important tool for getting back into that balance. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, you hit all the reasons why we started the shift spot. So that that that's good. Great advice. What what is next week again, Joshua? Next week is you can't manage what you can't measure. Awesome. So we're going to we're going to get into the measure part 
uh, pretty heavily. We will go into some of the best practices around KPIs, around OKRs, okay. uh, and really about the measurement. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, this today, and uh, I definitely look forward to uh, uh, session two next week. Appreciate it. Well, yeah, well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed uh, the preparation, and I enjoyed the delivery. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you.